Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Well met, fellow adventurers. We are back with Sir Crokington. We're in the maze of tents near the battlegrounds. Time to do the adventure called The Bard's Lament. Zoom introduces the man as Yorworth. He tells you that Joroth is a bard who has made the arduous journey from Twithick to Iron Crown Isle to ply his cheerful trade amongst the island's ever-growing throng of glory-seeking visitors. Let us begin. It can be normal or scaled. I'll go normal. Here we go. While standing amongst a small but growing cloud of, crowd of onlookers, Enjoying the amusing antics of a rather comical pair of jugglers, you're approached by a lad who serves as one of Zurim's couriers. The young fellow tells you that the master of the battlegrounds has asked him to bring you to the keep on a matter of great urgency. Intrigued by the summons, you promptly follow the courier to the keep. There, in a comfortable sitting room off the imposing fortress's main hall, you're met by Zurim and a short, somewhat stout, bearded man, outfitted in bulky, colourful attire. Zoom introduces the man as Yorth. He tells you that Yorth is a bard who has made the arduous journey from Twithick to Iron Crown Island to ply his cheerful trade among the island's ever-growing throng of glory-seeking visitors. Yorth! His mouth turned down sharply at the corners in what appears to be an exaggerated frown. Bows cautiously when Zurin finishes introducing you. You're about to ask Zurin why he has summoned you to his keep when he suddenly excuses himself to your off and takes you aside. In the corner of the lavishly furnished chamber, safely out of earshot of the bard, he tells you that yours horn his only instrument and the very means by which he plies his trade has been stolen. It's a grand horn, if ever was such a thing, he says, glancing over his shoulders to make certain he's not being overheard. The horn is an heirloom, belonged to his father. Yours father was a friend of mine, quite a few years back. To think, Sir Crokington, that an invited guest of mine should come to these shores haven in the cool wilderness and have their most prized possessions swiped away it is unthinkable and it shall not stand the servant arrives with a wooden tray bearing three steaming mugs of paleo the young woman sets down the tray on the mantel of the chamber's enormous fireplace and leaves Zerman strides over and yanks two mugs from the tray, thrusting one of them into him. One of them in your direction. <laughs> he calls over to Yorath, instructing him to help himself, but Bard makes no move towards the mantle. He's distraught, and rightly so, says Zurim, grimacing as the cold beverage scolds his as the hot <laughs> beverage scolds his tongue. Oh, I said the wrong word again. I have a favour to ask you, Sir Crokison. Go on. Have a bit of paleo and I will lay it out for you. Zorim tells you he's heard rumours over the past several days that seem to indicate a group of thieves is operating in and around the battlegrounds. And though at first he was reluctant to believe the scattered accounts, the theft of the horn has served to make him reconsider his previous rejection of such claims. The master of the battlegrounds. Carefully tapping, testing the temperature of the payload with the tip of his finger. Ask if you would accept the task of attempting to identify the fees responsible for the theft of Yorah's horn. Will you tell him you would be 
glad to see what you can find out. Zoom smiles and slaps you on the shoulder. There now. All be set white, he says. Just remember, Sir Crunchyman, should you come across these scandals, the best course of action would be to report back to me. I'll make certain they're dealt with. Appropriately, of course. And, and such. Zoran wishes you luck as you set out from his mighty keep, eager to scour the island for any sign of the thieves. It doesn't take long for you to locate the thieves, piercing together several bits of information from a handful of some of the background's more reputable regulars. You quickly come, come to suspect a trio of so-called adventurers hailing from Tantalus. You learn these men were seen only this morning, possession of what one of your sources calls, called a horn-shaped object. Wasting no time, you steal up to the men, getting as close as you can in an attempt to see if you can lay your eyes upon the horn. Much to elation, you quickly spot the horn tucked into a cloth sack carried by one of the three men. Keeping a safe distance, you trail the unsavory group as they make their way towards the encampment, just outside the battlegrounds. There, the men settle down next to one of the many small cooking fires scattered throughout the camp and begin to toil away at the rather thin, unappetizing stew. So, these are my options. Report my findings to Zurim as requested. Well, that is what he said. Approach the men and attempt to buy the horn. No, that just encourage them to steal more stuff. Confront the three men about the stolen horn. Or attempt to steal back the horn. Okay, I'll go. Okay, Zurim said to talk to him. I think as, as long as I don't, you know... Let on that they they know where they are. He'll have time to act. Okay. Heeding Zorin's wishes, you probably return to the the keep and report your discovery of both the thieves and the horn. Zorin is overjoyed and immediately tells Yorath the good news. The bard, his demeanour still depressed, seems to take at least some small solace from the hopeful tidings. I'll have them one down in Westmere, snapped Zurim, drawing his fists fists to his lips, as if to signal that he's just hatched some grand secret scheme. They'll have to swim off this island to escape the net I'll cast. I'll have my associates waiting for them in the misty lock. Still on the island, are they? Excellent. They're as good as caught when they leave. Ah. Yeah, I guess when there is only one practical way on and off the island, you can pretty much control who stays and who, who leaves and who enters. Admittedly, they could get a boat. But the lock is not that navigable, <laughs> probably. And they have no reason to suspect they can't just use the portal. And also, it does look really suspicious if they use the boat when there's a perfectly good portal. They have to make something up. Oh, yeah, yeah, we heard about the ruins on one of the other islands. Uh, which one? Uh, uh, brass Crown Isle? There is no Brass Crown Isle. And then, wait a minute. Are you trying to sneak away from the island? And that, that sure does look horn-shaped, that bag you're carrying. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. But they could sneak out another way. Alright, so. Do I help? Or do I still leave Zurim to it? Zurim can handle it, I'm pretty sure. He is an experienced adventurer, and he is a master of gating. Which really comes to advantage when you're dealing with portals. But I'd like to help just just, just, just because. When he tells Zorim you'd like to play a part in apprehending the thieves, his eyes widen and a smile creases his broad face. Yes, of course, he cries, his grin stretching. Why did I think of that, that at first? It's quite beyond reason. 
You may do the whole job, Sir Crokington. I don't think a few light-fingered never-do-wells should give you any trouble. This is all coming to a very good end. Thank you, friend. Surin reaches out and slaps you on the shoulder. Then, as if he fears his guest is somehow being left out of the celebratory act, he turns and lands his open hand with an astonishing amount of force on Yoris' white shoulder. The bard winces, but says nothing, though he senses he has taken some small offence. Without delay, you set off for Westmere, bound for the Wisty Lock. Misty Lock, where you lie and wait for the free thieves to make an appearance. And not too much of that, that, that good Misty Lock ale, mind, calls Zoom after you. You need to be alert. Well, I don't think I have to worry about that, because the Misty Lock only has bad ale, if... If the previous adventures anything to go by. Although admittedly, maybe a lot of time has passed and they've got a different supplier now. I'll be alert. You spend three long days in and around the Misty Lock, watching and waiting for the arrival of the Thebes. As the third day is drawing to a close and dusk is just about just starting to settle over Westmere. You, be you begin to consider returning to Iron Crown Island to see if the men are still there. Hmm. But that means they could just sneak out while I'm looking for them. Suddenly, the creaking of the cellar stairs then sends your pulse racing. Despite the steady stream of adventures to pour in and out of the tavern each day, Something about the sound of the ascending footfall sets your every nerve on edge. Moments later, three men step into the common room and proceed towards the tavern's front door. You immediately recognise the thieves and boldly confront them, demanding they hand over the stolen horn and surrender themselves to you. Fear flashes across the faces of the three men and their eyes adopt wild, Dangerous looks, akin to those of cornered beasts, because they are. Without warning, the two closest to you draw their swords and attack, lunging at you with deadly attempt. Okay, do, do, do you know who I am? Do you? Because if you do, you've just been incredibly stupid. You just gotta hope I decide to be merciful. Begin combat. Well, I have decided to be merciful. I'm going to subdue you. The brash thieves slash at you with their deadly blades. And down they fall. <laughs> 10xB. The two men collapse at your feet, soundly battens to submission, wasting no time. You leap forward and strike out at the third man. He nimbly dodges your initial attack. He counters with the swipe of his dagger. This is a dagger-wielding thief. And I'm going to knock this guy out too. The scowling man. The scowling man stabs at you with his dagger. Then he did a brutal stroke for a bit of damage, but still, subdued. And 18 XP. You stand over the three men as they slowly regain their senses. Despite the ferocity of their attacks, it's clear they have no desire to again engage you. In the cloth sack carried by the free third man, you discover the stolen horn. You carefully take possession of the bard's instrument. You see to it that the thieves are turned over to the authorities in Westmere. The three battered men seem profoundly relieved they're staying in Westmere. Rather than returning to Zorim's keeping Iron Crown Isle. But the thieves now safely in custody. Prepare to make a triumphant return to Zorim and Yorweth. Before returning to the keep, you spend a few minutes examining the horn. Carved out of solid dragon bone. Its sides covered with engraved ruins. The horn is a remarkable object of obvious and considerable value. 
happy to be able to reunite the horn with its rightful owner, who set off for Zorim's keep. A short while later, you're once again in the company of Zorim and Yoreth, enjoying another mug of Paleo with the master of the battleground and his elated guest. Yoreth, who's already thanked you numerous times, again voices his appreciation as he fondly looks over the recovered horn. Zurim, having had you tell and retell the events surrounding your retrieval of the horn, calls for yet more paleo. He then breaks into several tales about his much younger days as an adventurer. Nodding with feigned interest, you begin to contemplate a manner by which you might politely excuse yourself. Having at last found the opportunity to politely take your lead of Zurim and his guest, you're about to make your way out, and Yorif approaches and again thanks you. The bard, still clutching his precious horn, hands you a pouch which he says contains 100 gold. Afraid it's not much, at least not in light of what you've done for me, he says, but had I more, I would surely give it to you. This horn means almost everything to me. Thank you, dear friend. So do I accept the gold, or politely refuse the gold? The thing is, if I refuse the gold, he's going to feel in my debt. Hmm. But he probably can't really afford that. But then again, with his horn, he should be able to make money again. Hmm. I, think it's, I assume he's really good at playing it. Otherwise, Zoom wouldn't have invited him. Well, unless it's just... Just nostalgia for his father. Oh... Take the gold, don't accept the gold. There's arguments. I'll take the gold. You graciously accept the gold and thank Yorath. Your acceptance of this gift seems to please the guard no ends. He beams and he tells you he'd not thank him for anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People don't like feeling indebted to people. Yeah, now, 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 now that he's paid me a pretty modest amount, we're square, and no one needs to feel indebted to anyone else. Seizing the opportunity your delayed exit provides, Zurim starts to call for another serving of paleo. You promptly interrupt him and announce you must be on your way. You know there's those, those battleground contests? Yeah, I've I, I got a... Got a wall on my pumpkin. Got a wall on my pumpkin. He nods, then hands you a black pouch containing a dozen battle markers, which we now have. As Yorif crosses the chamber to fetch his mug of paleo, Zulin speaks to you in a hushed tone. Well done, Sir Crokin, he says. Hope you can find some use for those. Thank you again. The poor old lad would have gone out of his mind without the horn. And I don't think I'd rest easy knowing the thieves were prowling this isle. You really should hear and play that horn. Well, he's rather good with it. Well, at least as good as one can be with, with those things. You bid, bid a final farewell to Zuin and Yorath before leaving the keep and heading back out into the bustle of the battlegrounds. And then... And that ends this adventure with 384 experience to general. Now, this, this is one of those adventures where there were other ways of doing it. But, well, I guess you can just find them out, those out on your own, can't you? Let's see, the other one, the other adventure here is a grim proposal. And I don't want to get into that quite yet. Or maybe never, because of all the murders. Alright, so to the encampment, to save. And west. Now. Hmm. There's a grand statue of a robed man. Alright, I'll go and investigate it. 
Hopefully, I'm... Well, we'll just see what happens. Perched atop an ornate slab in the northwest corner, the high walled courtyard is the grand, life-size statue of a bearded man in flowing robes. The statue's face bears a fierce expression, and his arms are raised to the sky, fingers outstretched and fingers splayed, carved along along the base of the cir- of the circular pedestal atop which the sculptured finger stands are dozens of interwoven wings. You certainly take notice of a thin, balding man, clad in a poorly clad, poorly patched green tunic, standing off to your left. The man grubs his chin, while carefully regarding the statue, with what appears to be an air of derision. He turns and greets you with a smile, and, and a nod, as you move up to join him next to the statue. It's a complete farce, of course, he says, frowning and shaking his head as he waves, waves his hand at the sculpture. Inaccurate in almost every conceivable way. The craftsmanship is excellent, if I may be so bold, but there's no truth to be found in it. And without truth, how could one hope to capture a subject's skull? A farce, a travesty. An absurd mockery of a man whose import is perhaps beyond any casual reckoning. Suddenly, the man laughs, turns to you, shakes his head. This imprecise depiction of the great Toark is my doing. If only Zurim had listened, he says, sighing. If only Zurim had listened to reason. If only I wasn't so easily swayed by his generous patronage. Oh, the sweet and sour folly of it all. Okay, but who is Toadwog? Toadwog. The wizard Toadwog, a Wazilian sorcerer who spent much of his life studying and crafting magical wings, has long been credited with the creation of a particularly clever bit of magic that has come to be known as Toadwog's Curse. Not a curse by any measure. Togor's curse is an extremely powerful incantation. Provides two, two useful benefits to anyone upon whom it is, bespo- whom it is bespo- bestowed. First, the curse allows anyone afflicted with it to wear a total of seven magical wings instead of the usual limit of four. Second, the curse... Ogma augments by one point any stamina points and never reserve bonuses a magical wing provides. And that's going to be across seven wings. It is believed that Togog placed his curse upon various objects with the intent that it could be transferred from those items to a willing subject. When Togog unexpectedly died during a bandit raid upon the caravan, in which he and his associates were travelling. All knowledge of his curse is thought to have been lost, though it can, it, though it can no longer be replicated. Believes there yet remains a scattering of objects throughout the well, marked by his sign, the sun, that bear his famous incantation, or curse, as most accounts would have it. Oh, but if there's only a limited number of them left, then we got to be careful who we use them on. Oh, we don't want to use it on any adventure who's just going to give up. Got to be the sort of person who will save the whole world. Otherwise we might, we might not have it when we need it. Oh, the sweet and sour folly of it all. The man introduced himself as Idudof and immediately recognised the name of one of the kingdom's most illustrious sculptures. Yes, yes, I'm partially responsible for those monstrosities you might have seen throughout the world, he says, smirking with obvious pride. There's more to come, mind you, each bigger and bolder than the last. 
But that's not anything with which to concern ourselves at the moment. This statue, on the other hand, Odoroff places his hands on his hips, returns his gaze to the dramatically posed statue of Togrog, sighs and shakes his head. So much wrong and so very little white, he mutters. Ildroth reveals to you the... Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Zurim hired him to sculpt a statue of Togrog. He helped to create he had hoped to create a historically accurate depiction of the legendary mage. Unfortunately, Zorog had his own ideas, he says scowling. I'm not surprised. He has, for some reason, a great affinity for Togrog. Suppose I shouldn't complain. After all, the gold he tossed my way for this simple bit of work is more than I might otherwise hope to come across in an entire year. But poor old Togrog deserves better. I mean, do, do you know much about him? Togrog, I mean, not, not Zoro. You spend the next small while in deep conversation with Ildroth, recounting the sculpture with the many varied aspects of Togrog's legacy you're able to recall. Ildroth seems generally upset by Zurich's staunch refusal to allow him a more historically accurate pose for the great mage, though he continues to say he has no desire to press the matter further. The statue should depict Koog as he likely spent most of his days, studying some tome or examining a wing, he says. Shake his head. A dust picture of the word took book took, with a book tucked under one arm and one of his hands wrapped around a scroll. Zurin prefers the more dramatic version of Togrog, the one rooted more in legend than reality. The adventuring hero sorcerer. Absurd! I'll most happily we sculpt you, Zorin would consent. Ilderoth's conviction regarding the accuracy of his sculpture's portrayal of Togrog is infectious, and you soon find yourself considering a bold course of action. So I can help, or not. I'll help. I help. Zuderoth is taken aback by your offer, for he readily nods and thanks you. Someone like you might just get him to reconsider, he says. Well, whatever the outcome, be sure to let me know. And thank you. Good luck. With your mind set on getting Zorim to agree to a more accurate sculpted portrayal of Tobrog, you set off in search of the master of the battleground. Off, off Sir Crokington hops. Less than an hour later, 
in a small chamber deep under Zulum's Wedstone Keep. Guided by the directions of one of Zulum's servants, you make your way into the depths of the keep where, at the end of a long, musty passage, you discover the master of the battlegrounds, embroiled in a desperate struggle against a sinister, otherworldly entity. Having apparently accidentally opened a portal to some dark corner of the Nevelus, Zoran is now attempting to fend off the invading fiend and close the magical gate. Without hesitation, you rush into the womb to join the fight! Zoran staggers back from the churning maw of the gaping black portal, his body trembling and his stretch Sweatstroke's face, bearing a look of abject horror. A pair of writhing tentacles retreats into the portal's inky core. We've got to close it! He cries, referring to the magical gate, through which the invader is repeatedly attempting to pass. The thing will be our ruin! A sudden wave of Neville energy surges out of the portal and washes over you, leaving you weakened and drained. 114 damage, and my Neville Reserve has been reduced to 8. Normally I'd heal, but there's this magical portal, and I'm going to need magic to deal with that. Zurin reaches out and steadies you, spitting spitting out a wad of blood and flashing an odd grin. It put a side A when something like this gets the better of a pair like us. A gaping portal, its inky core churning wildly, emits a low, droning hum. Once again, a pair of long, leathery, slime-coated tentacles begins to slip out the magical gate. We've got to close it, snarls Zurim, his steely gaze frozen on the portal. Now, now Zurim and me both know gating. So one of us gates, one of us closes the gates, one of us fights the tentacles. I'll try using gating. It succeeded. 4xp to gating. Assailed by a formidable mastery of gating, the portal shudders and appears to shrink. Zurim, his battle cry winging in your ears, leaps forward and attacks the tentacles emerging from the gate, momentarily driving back the hideous entity. Both you and Zurim fall back from the portal and come to stand shoulder to shoulder in the centre of the chamber. Zurim flashes you a worried look as he attempts to catch his breath. The gaping portal is inking inky core churning wildly emits a low, groaning hum. Once again, a pair of long, leathery, slime-coated tentacles emerge. Begins to slip out of the magical gate. Here it comes again! Snarls Zurim, his steely gaze focused on the portal. Oh, he was gating again! It succeeded again! Four expeter gating! Assailed by your formidable mastery of gating, the portal shudders and begins to shrink. Zurim, his fierce battle cry winging in your ears, leaps forward and attacks the tentacles emerging from the gate, momentarily driving back the hideous entity. Okay. Both you and Zurim fall back from the portal and come to stand shoulder to shoulder in the centre of the chamber. Zurim flashes you a worried look as he attempts to catch his breath. Alright, more tentacles. More gating. That also succeeded. I gate, he fights. And it continues. Gate. Success. I gate, he fights. Okay, that's four. Hope it closes soon. I've only got four Neville Reserve left. And he probably hasn't got that much either. Because he's been fighting this for some time. Gating once more. Failed. Despite your best effort, your attempt to assail the portal with your gating magic doesn't appear to have any noticeable effect. Zurim, 
His fierce battle cry winging in your ears leaps forward and attacks the tentacles emerging from the gate, momentarily driving back the hideous entity. But this is some sort of deep Neville entity, so it presumably has an unlimited supply of tentacles. Because that's just what happens when you accidentally summon an elder god. Unlimited tentacles! Yes, and none of them being nice. Yes. Alright, we fall back. Since it failed, no progress was made. Because until the cup, until the portal is closed, the tentacles will keep coming. Alright. Use gating. Succeeded. Four expedited gating. Use gating. Succeeded. Four expedited gating. Use gating. It succeeded. Four expedited gating. The black portal, now little more than half its original size, emits a weak droning hum. Once again, a pair of a pair of long, leathery, slime-coated tentacles and begins to slip out of the magical gate. Here it comes again, snarls Urim, his steady gaze frozen on, on the portal. Well, I'm out of get I'm out of Neville's earth, Zurim. I hope you've got at least one point left, because now I've got to fight the tentacles. As Zurim closes his eyes and stretches his hand out towards the portal, attempting to summon his gating magic. You rush forward to engage the emerging tentacles. It's weaving tentacles, weaving all over the place. They lash out at you. Fortunately, it's a free plus. So I, it's not getting much damage in at all. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Ah, okay, I didn't get a single hit in. Phew, I wasn't... I wasn't sure I'd manage that. I think it might might do some sort of special or something. Anyway, it is slain. 8xp. Defeated, but still alive. The tentacles slowly retreat into the portal and momentarily disappear from view. And that was 8xp. Defeated, but still alive. The tentacles slowly retreat into the portal and momentarily disappear from view. But they'll be back. Zorin gasps as he withdraws his outstretched hand, having managed to successfully channel his gating magic to slightly close the portal. Both you and Zorin fall back from the portal and come to stand shoulder to shoulder in the centre of the chamber. Zorin flashes you a worried look as he attempts, attempts to catch his breath. The portal, only a fraction of its original size, now churns in silence. Once again, a pair of long, slime Levery, slime-coated tentacles begin to slip out the magical gate. Okay, engage the emerging tentacles. I think this might be the last go. Azurin closes his eyes and stretches his hand out towards the portal, attempting to summon his gating magic. You rush forward to engage the emerging tentacles. Wiving tentacles, I'll take you on. Keep going, keep going. Oh! Oh, we got a hit in for five damage. Just a regular hit, though. Oh, then one for eight damage. Oh, don't take me down. Don't take me down. Don't take me down, please. And it is slain. For another eight XP. Defeated, but still alive, the tentacles slowly retreat into the portal and momentarily disappear from view. Zorin gasps as he withdraws his outstretched hand, how he managed to successfully channel his gating ability. To slightly close the portal. Suddenly, 128 experience to general. Without a sound, what remains of the portal suddenly closes. Zurim, his body trembling, places his right hand on your shoulder, and in the midst of a series of long, gasping breaths, thanks you. I should have known better than to open that gate before I was completely prepared, he says. It's a very good thing you came along when you did. Very, very good. You've got quite the mastery of gating magic, says Zurim. His breathing now under control as he moves to examine the spot on the floor above which the portal hovered. I only, 
I only urge that you do consider exercising more caution than I've often seen fit to do. A simple mistake, like the one we just corrected, can be disastrous. The hour following the bizarre and perilous incident in the bowels of the keep finds you resting in a comfortable chair in Zulu's study as the master of the battleground tidies up the somewhat cluttered space. While toiling away, he fills you in on some of the recent news that passed all that this way. And, I, and so I said aloud, clear enough to all within earshot to hear, that the king ought to think better of such decisions. He says, recounting a friendly argument he had with a group of adventurers in the battleground encampment. All in good fun, of course. Zurin again thanks you for helping in dealing with the portal and the entity, and asks again if you prefer paleo or root wine. Mm, paleo, root wine, paleo, root wine, or neither. Uh, root wine, let's have some root wine. Zurin nods, within just a few minutes a servant arrives bearing a decanter filled with the potent beverage. As, as you slip from the ornate stone vessel, listening to Zuzuto and Pine about the current political state across the North Broadlands, you certainly recall your original purpose for your visit. <sighs> Why hasn't anyone just dealt with the island of Cast yet? It's not that big. A couple of regiments will be able to clear it up. Perhaps he said something like that. <laughs> Perhaps not. Seizing upon a break in Zuri's passionate narrative, you definitely broached the subject of the sculpture of Togrog, presented to him as, you, as your own. Uri's concerns about the statue's historical accuracy. Zuri, his brow furled, fixes you with a quizzical look as you begin to lay out the case for the re-sculpting of the statue. Picking a number. Bonus of 68. 20 from mine, 6 from luck, 10 from spirit, 16 from diplomacy, 16 from law. That's presumably me recounting my own tales of, of Togrog's life. Like, oh yeah? Well, he's not the adventuring hero, otherwise he'd have handled those bandits. No, no, no. He, 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 was, a, he was a support. He supported. He supported the heroes. He didn't do it himself. He just made sure they could have all the shiny wings they need to fight all the evil. But that's heroic in his own way. Pick now. 73. Zurim listens as you lay out for him the reasons you believe the statue of Togrog should be resculpted to a more accurate depiction of the legendary mage. I don't. Know if I believe that, he says, nodding. Unwilling to relent, you continue to dip diplomatically describe to Zurim the reasons you believe the statue of Togrog should be re-sculptured to a more historically accurate form. You sense that Zurim's resolve remains firm. Alright, picking a number, same again, pick now. Hundred and sixty-eight. Zoreg listens as you lay out for him the reasons you believe the statue of Togrog should be resculpted into a more accurate depiction of the legendary mage. There's something to what you're saying, he says, biting the end of his thumb. Unwilling to relent, you continue to diplomatically describe to Zurim the reasons you believe the statue of Togrog should be resculpted into a more historically accurate form. You sense that Zora's resolve remains form. Same check again. Alright. I have to say I largely agree, he says, biting the end of his form. You sense, you begin to sense Zora's resolve may be weakening. Same check again. What, 117? I have to say I largely agree, he says, nodding. We sense that Zora's resolve is weakening. Same check again. 140. There's something to what you're saying. He says, biting the end of his thumb. It's resolve weakening. Same check again. 150. I can see what you mean by that, he says, rubbing the tip of his nose. 
Your sense of Zoran's resolve is about to crumble. Same thing again. I suppose that's a fair point, he says, nodding. I got 164. Still about to crumble. I think one more push. Pick now. 61 and 60. I have to say, I largely agree, he says, stroking his chin. 128 experience to general. Your valiant effort pays off. At last, having seemingly run out of counterpoints, Zuren throws up his hands at last. Very well, he says. Remind me not to engage in any debates with you in the future. I suppose you're right after all. Depicting Togrog as he was is probably for the best. Zuren tells you he will commission Alderoth to create a new sculpture of the legendary mage. That should pacify him. He's a master sculpture, beyond any doubt. After spending a good while, good part of the afternoon, with conversing with Zurim on a wide variety of subjects, and, and vowing to never reveal to anyone the incident with the portal, you take your leave of him and return to the sculpture that prompted your visit. A few months later, Ildroff, his chisel and hammer still in hand, steps back from the newly completed statue of Togrog and throws his arms. He mutters something and then turns to you. This sculpture, unlike the first, depicts the master mage in flowing robes and a weighty, with a weighty tome tucked under his left arm and a, white, and a scroll clutched in his right hand. It is an astonishing likeness of Togrog and a true masterpiece. A faint smile, or a more stoic look, he asks. I've heard that Togrog wasn't particularly known for his joviality, but I'm willing to bend on that bit of lore. If, if you feel strongly about not, the look not being too dour, you realise Eldroth has yet to carve Togrog's mouth and the various details of his facial expression. So, stoic look... Or a faint smile, or leave it to him. I'll leave it to him. After after polite refusing more than once to offer him an opinion on Togrog's expression, Ildrof grins and goes to work this chisel, happily whistling as he carves into stone. A short while later, he steps away from the sculpture, but then sends to you the faint smile now adjoining Togrog's face. Not certain it's better than a more stoic look might have been, he says, nodding slowly. But I have to believe he must have smiled once in a while. Well, that's that. Aldroth again thanks you for intervening and managing to tame Zurim's mind. It's not simple or easy dealing with the likes of Zurim, or any of his ilk, he says. Though you must know that I mean that only in the best possible way. He has strong convictions because he's earned the right to possess and assert them. His literary of heroic deeds isn't common knowledge. Though it is impressive and quite inspiring. Still, I'm glad you were able to convince him. The sculpture reaches into a leather bag hung from his belt and hands you the pieces of a broken chisel. The first... Chisel broken on a piece like this is supposed to bring its bearer untold luck, he says, chiseling. He says, shrugging. I've more broken chisels than the night sky has stars. You keep it with you and, and see if any good fortune comes your way. I have Ildras broken chisel. It's got an encumbrance of one. This broken iron chisel in two pieces is the tool Ildroth employed when he began sculpturing the statue of Togrog in the battlegrounds. According to what Ildroth has told you, the first chisel broken while working on a sculpture is supposed to bring its bearer good luck. Now, we're not, no one's sure if it actually does anything. Nobody. Well, the GM's sure, but he's not telling. There's no, there's no grey box saying, saying either way. Ildros smiles and bows when you thank him. Years from now, long after the eventual passing of Zurim and the closing of his famous battlegrounds, 
The statue of Togrog is moved to stand atop a lofty tip, tip of a promontory on the western side of Iron Crown Isle. Every now and again, adventures exploring the island make their way up the steep, winding track. Behold the master, masterful sculpture. One of the few creations of Ildroth's, Ildroth's still intact. After marvelling at impressive workmanship, they inevitably gaze out over the dark waters of Bower Lock, before carefully descending on the statue's rocky perch to scour the ruins of the great red stone keep and that is the end of that 1024 experience to general and 64 experience to all skills and powers pretty nice okay now let's let's go and see well, it's time to save. Here we go. So I guess next time we'll we'll start. I'll have a go at seeing what happens with the whole Lords of Aldom thing, because that unlocks some story. But until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.